Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now, here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic for today is crisis. And I've got a thought from Alice Bailey, and Alice Bailey, by the way, is the founder of the Lucis Trust organization, and Lucis Trust sponsors this show, and she wrote 24 volumes of books, and all of the dialogue that you hear on this show emanates from the works of Alice Bailey, and, and so does this thought, by the way. There is, there is a crisis in human affairs. This must be viewed in terms of opportunity and not in terms of cataclysm or catastrophe. I really agree with that. I think that any time that I've gone through a crisis, I know that uh, when I look back on that crisis, uh, that many times I've grown, I've become a stronger human being, I've learned uh, about my weaknesses, my shortcomings, and I've kind of come, become aware of the areas of my life that I really have to work on and, and improve. I, I can't say that I like to go through these crises, but uh, those are the times in my life where I've really grown the most, and I, I guess that's what it might have. It might have something to do with that. But let's ask Sarah and Dell about that. What is the real meaning of crisis, and why does it have such a negative connotation? Crisis, according to the dictionary, is a, a decisive point or a, a turning point that leads to something better or something worse, uh, depending on how you handle it. And that brings to mind. Um, kind of a hackneyed uh, phrase, but I'll trot it out anyway, that the Chinese characters, character for crisis is a combination of the characters for danger and mm. opportunity. And that's what's implied in what you were saying in your introduction and what's implied in the statement of Alice Bailey, that it has to be viewed in terms of opportunity. But because it does provide um uh, a point of choice and decision, there is that danger that you might choose wrongly. But the spiritual path uh, teaches us, uh, even through our mistakes, we can learn sometimes the best lessons through our mistakes. So I think we mustn't 
stand on pride and fear too much. None of us uh, would willingly make mistakes, I don't think, but when they happen, we can still mine them for the gold they might contain within them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you were saying when you look back on crises and realize that you've really gained from them. Yeah, I think crisis has a negative connotation because it's usually been associated with some kind of tragedy or something uh, breaking apart, whether it be uh, uh, the family unit or a business. Uh, people go through these crises all the time. Health crises. Health crises. Something seems to be breaking down. So, uh, And uh, it's something that was uh, a situation that was considered uh, to be stable and uh, sure. And now it's seen to be falling apart. So it becomes kind of a tragic uh, event in people's lives and uh, that's how it's, they tend to associate crisis but as you say it's an opportunity if they can see it that way to uh, opportunity to grow and to move beyond that stage I think people have the tendency to second guess themselves second guess their choices we probably all do that we look back on our life and say oh maybe I should have done something differently, maybe I should have handled something differently, and I think that starts even when you're a young student. Um, one moment of crisis that occurs to me from what you were saying is um, when you finish your schooling and you have to make a choice about what you're going to do with your life, and I can well remember being presented uh, with the uh, advice of a friend of my parents that uh, I should have chosen the path that would lead to a large salary. And I can still remember that moment sitting there on the step listening to this man tell me this and feeling absolutely astonished at why anyone would want to choose a, a path in life just for the salary it offered. But that was back in the 60s. Anyway, it reminds then, then you went into the Peace Corps. Just <laughs> <laughs> he thought that was a very bad uh, choice because <laughs> he's quite right. It didn't offer much of a salary. So we can second-guess ourselves all our lives, but... You know, there's that poem by Robert Frost, uh, The Road Less Traveled. Uh, he said, Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Mm -hmm. Well, we make our choices according to the best um, wisdom and reasoning we have at the time, and uh, those are our points of crisis, and all we can do is try to learn from them. Yes, as I said earlier, I mean, it's... Um we we come to these points where choices have to be made and can be made, and I think it's for a real purpose that uh, we arrive at these points because something deep within us is trying to tell us something. And if we uh, arrive at a certain plateau and uh, things begin to fall apart and we wonder what's going on, what's happening, why is all this happening to me, well, I think... Maybe the soul or that inner self is really forcing the process and uh, creating this kind of situation that has to be resolved. So you're saying that the soul could actually um, present us with crises? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And that's quite different, you know, than traditional society looks at crises. I think one reason that uh, crisis has a negative connotation is that most of us probably think we've done something wrong mm -hmm. if we come to a crisis. Mm -hmm. We must have uh, slipped up and made a mistake because we've entered into a situation where things seem shaken up, we're facing the unknown, 
and things aren't humming along ever so smoothly. And that's the very time that uh, the soul may um, create more mm-hmm. pressure, more, um, bring more light into your mm-hmm. life, and cause more discontent, mm-hmm. and thereby creating a lot of doubt in your mind. And uh, all of that's good. Yeah, Which that's is exactly <laughs> what uh, the soul intends to do. Yeah, we've talked before, I think, on this program about friction in the spiritual life, that uh, the friction of the soul against the interests of the personality uh, is painful, but it also produces growth. And most of us would think friction would be a very bad thing. But in fact, it's the, the higher, more inclusive, more expansive energy of the soul bumping up against the personality which always seems to seek the preservation of self-interest and the status quo and uh, the material comfort. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those are reasons for the negativity. I'm intrigued by what you said earlier about looking for the gold in a situation. Uh, gold. I- the gold, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and gather from that, um, kind of gathering the idea that in every apparent negative situation, uh, do we, uh, is it best if we always look for the blessing within the negative situation? I think absolutely. That's something I really believe, that there is no circumstance that does not offer some gain to the life of the soul. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself in prison for having committed a terrible crime, that would be, to me, one of the worst things that could befall a, a human being. But even there, you have to start thinking about how you can turn that situation around and find something you can profit uh, from it. Every tragedy can teach you something. I mean, Shakespeare told us this centuries ago. He said, sweet are the uses of adversity. Mm-hmm. And he said, find tongues in trees, books in the running brooks, sermons in stones, and good in everything. Mm-hmm. In other words, he was saying, there's nothing on earth that doesn't offer something useful and um, teachable in it, if we have the eyes and ears to discern it. So it's a, it's a way of living life that is transform- transformational. Well, I guess maybe we'll make that our our thought for the day, though, that we've invented here, and that is look for the blessing in everything. In everything. (laughs) Always look for the positive, look for the blessing, and I guess if we search hard enough, we can find it. And don't whine. (laughs) I'm a great whiner, but, you know, I don't like it. (laughs) Don't whine. Would you say the world is in a state of crisis right now? Yes. Wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. And it's it's, um, it's a good thing, really. Uh, because it's, it's been in a state of crisis for quite a while, you know, since you know the last hundred years at least, and we've had two major world wars, and we've had a number of dozens of uh, local wars and smaller wars within countries, and oh, there are still wars going on, and uh, there's the big crisis, of course, now in the Middle East, and in uh, <coughs> Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and so forth. And it's very painful to go through this, but uh, there are, as we said earlier about the soul, there are soul powers that are working out here, and soul values and soul forces that are, I think, instigating this from the inside, from the inner planes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a cleansing process. It's a lot of uh, negativity 
coming to the surface and evil forces coming to the surface and it has to be resolved. What is that law of healing in the um, book by Alice Bailey, Esoteric Healing, that says uh, good draws evil to the surface? And that's a way of looking at what's happening today. I think people have a sense since September 11th that we are really at a point of crisis in terms of having to um, change some something about the way we live our lives. I think we're not sure what it is, but I would say uh, our basic values and goals, which are far too materialistic, our, um, our orientation toward uh, maintaining our own personal comfort when so much of the world is suffering, the um, intoler- intolerability of hatred and separation between peoples that I think we all realize is untenable. We can't allow these pockets of hatred and animosity to exist. Something has to be done to overcome these cleavages that separate Mm -hmm. whole groups of people from each other. To me, that's all come to light. (coughs) Right. There's um, a lot of um, crystallization Mm. being, um, being carried out. Crystallization, a lot of Attitudes are crystallizing, and these are long-held mm-hmm. beliefs that we're actually—they're actually impeding any forward movement, forward movement in human consciousness. And so, and this is particularly true in fields of uh, religion and mm-hmm. in politics, and because that's where so much of the uh, light actually is being shown, and uh, the, these uh, difficulties, these ancient attitudes are coming up now for resolution mm-hmm. and people can see them they're right there on the surface they're being acted out at the physical level and uh, it, it's creating a lot of um, discontent but it's also providing a lot of light about the next step that we have to take in some ways you could say that some of these things that are coming to the surface have been there for a long time hatreds and animosities mm. oh, sure. and uh, yeah the oppression of certain peoples and the imbalance in the economic distribution. Those have been with us for a long time, but maybe it's a sign of our growing um, sensitivity and compassion for our fellow men that these things are no longer tenable. Mm-hmm. So in a way, that's positive. Sure. I mean, I think we have to look beyond the the moment of crisis, this point of crisis, and see what's possible coming out on the other side, because humanity's been through this before uh, for thousands of years, but just just looking back to, say, uh, all around the year 1400, and this is written about in the Bailey books, I want to mention it here, because just prior to the European Renaissance, there was a lot of crystallization built up at that time, in particularly in in uh, politics and in religion at the time. And <clears throat> the spiritual guides on the inner planes uh, uh, have mentioned that much had to be done about breaking up this crystallization, and that happened. And out of that came the, the glorious outpouring of the creative energies of the Renaissance in art and in mm-hmm. culture and in music and it was just a tremendous outpouring of creative activity 
And that's the sort of thing that can happen again today once we get past this stage because there is, uh, I think, uh, a tremendous amount of creative energy in human consciousness that is just waiting to uh, erupt to the surface. Sarah, what you said a moment ago reminded me of, um, you said a moment ago about uh, separateness and divisions in humanity contributing to the evil of the world. It reminded me what you said at the uh, last monthly meeting that we had about the epiphany that occurred to the great Buddha when he discovered what the source of uh, all human pain was. Do you, mind, do you mind telling us that over there? I'd like you to share that with the audience. Well, he, he realized that uh, suffering was, was based on desire, which keeps us imprisoned in our own selfish, self-serving wants and uh, needs. Um, the sense that we are isolated from the rest of the world is a basic misconception of life at the most profound and essential level. Mm. We are beginning to realize today that we are all interconnected. I don't think we have even begun to take into our consciousness what that really implies about yeah. how we have to change the way we live. But at least we're beginning to realize that there is a connection between living things. And I think we're going to be spending the next uh, century uh, becoming more and more sensitive to that and more sensitive about our impacts on each other. Yeah, it's also interesting that the uh, latest science, quantum physics, uh, says that uh, this reality that we're all separate and individual uh, is is a false reality mm -hmm. and that it's an illusion. Mm -hmm. And the true reality is that we are all part of one and mm -hmm. we're all connected. So it's mm -hmm. amazing that Buddha was saying that many mm -hmm. hundreds of years ago. He was way ahead of Yeah, <laughs> he sure was. But for those people who just tuned in, you are listening to Inner Sight. And many people call us up and they'll say, are you a religion? And no, we're not a religion. We're a spiritual philosophy organization and we explore different religions and we look for what's worthwhile in them and what's interesting about them. We look for profound thoughts that might be of help to all of us leading our, in leading our daily lives. And there are many books that, we're, uh, that we peruse as well. We also have monthly meditation meetings, which you're welcome to join. And you'll find, once again, you'll find people from all over and many different religions who come to our monthly meditation meetings. Uh, we'd be happy to send you out a general package of information if you desire that. We'll, it has a lot of material in it. It's uh, filled with uh, a variety of variety of material. There's so much in there. Uh, there's a list in, in that uh, general package of information. Should you order it, we'll uh, certainly send it out very quickly to you. But you'll find a list of all the Alice Bally books. You'll find uh, uh, many comments and. Um, uh, in information sheets on a World Goodwill Organization, for example, or another organization we have called Triangles, and you'll get a copy of the Great Invocation Prayer. So there's a, a lot of material in that general package of information. So if you'd like to order the, uh, the general package of information, please give us a call on our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. 8247. And also, all the work of Hoosa's Trust, including this radio program, is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves who support the goals of the Hoosa's Trust. We are now not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps to pay for, th for this program. We depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals, so please give if you 
want these programs to continue on the air, and uh, we have some generous people who have been helping us, and uh, one lady would just want to express our appreciation. She was nice enough to donate enough money to pay for one of the shows. If you'd like to donate, you can send donations to Lucis Trust. Get your pen now. Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. An easy way to remember our toll-free number, by the way, uh, is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of New York Lucis. And once again, give us a call if you'd like us to send you that uh, general package of information. Once again, it's one eight six six ny lucis Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Back to our interesting show on crisis. I'm really intrigued by what Sarah and Dale have been saying. Does reincarnation, we've spoken about reincarnation on this show many times, and does reincarnation or rebirth, does it, do they play a part in crisis? I think they do because... Um, well, even traditionally it's said God never gives you a burden too great for you to bear, which sort of implies that whatever our crises or our, our tests and problems are, they are appropriate for us at the time. And that, to me, is um, um, demonstrated by the realization that this is one life in a series, uh, a very long series of repeated experiences on earth we we aren't here for the first time or the last time it's uh, a continuum and in this lifetime perhaps we're revisiting some things some decisions some mistakes that we've made in the past and finding a, a chance to put it right yes another name for the law of rebirth or reincarnation as it's uh, commonly um, called yeah, another name for that is uh, the law of opportunity. And, of course, that's what uh, crisis is. It's the opportunity to uh, to make it the right decision to move forward and to uh, clear the decks of all bad karma and uh, um, move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what you say. It uh, This tends to uh, take the anxiety, I think, if... Uh, the, it takes away the anxiety out of the whole idea that I have to be perfect in this life, mm-hmm. and um, because you know you, you're taught in <coughs> in Bible school that Christ taught, "Be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect." Mm-hmm. And how are you going to do this all in one lifetime? So it may create kind of anxiety in some people if they think they they're not perfect and they've made all these blunders in their life and they go through this these terrible crises but the point is you do have a lot more chances ahead mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. and um, as you said before uh, what we are in this life is a product of what we have, are, have been in the past yeah, that reminds me of that uh, saying that you get the face you deserve by the time you're 50. <laughs> well, you could extend that and say you have the life and the circumstances you deserve right now, uh, considering what you've done and been in the past. And I think that's that's because that if you look at it from the standpoint of the soul, that's what it's trying to do. It is constantly working, little by little, life after life, towards... <coughs> 
integration. <coughs> Which Excuse means me. what? Well, it's it's integration in the uh, in the consciousness sense. Integrating meaning mm. to include oneself with. Integration of your your emotional state, your mental <coughs> state, uh, with the soul to lift those forces and energies of the lower self and integrate them with the higher values of the soul so they can be expressed in the world. Okay. So, it's, uh, you don't believe me. Huh? Yeah, no, I do. I'm just making you define your I terms. I think Dale at this point wants to say, I can't say it in any more simple way. <laughs> <laughs> you made him define it, though. That's well, <laughs> no, it, that's, that's the whole, uh, you know, it says in the Alice Bailey's writings that integration is the keynote of the evolutionary trend on this world, in this planet. But um, there are certain terms in the Alice Bailey writings that are so familiar to us who read her that we forget uh, some listener yeah. not familiar with the books might not have an idea of what we mean. It's Well, I think what you're saying is we can make this uh, equipment that serves the interests of the soul. That's the whole idea, yeah. right. Another aspect about rebirth and reincarnation to me is that it brings in the element of justice, which I find very reassuring, because um, a lot of us probably have a sense that life isn't fair, that some people get a raw deal, other people have it really easy, but in fact, uh, life is very fair and infinitely tuned to the um, achievement of a perfect justice. And again, this is uh, one stop along a very long way what we see right now is just one one um, small part of a very long path, but it is perfectly adjusted for the present need of the individual. And that's where the crisis comes in. These are opportunities where we can change and grow. It's, it's a redemptive way of looking at life. Mm-hmm. You can take your circumstances, even when they're really bad, and redeem them, turn them to something that serves your spiritual growth and we're never given by the, by the soul we never the soul never puts us in a condition that we can't handle yeah. that never demands that we uh, um, become something that it's impossible to achieve in this mm-hmm. particular life it's it's always doable mm-hmm. uh, if we just uh, are able to um, are able to step back and see really where the problem lies and then uh, be honest and make a correction. Well, I certainly like your definition of uh, life a lot better than Satra's definition mm-hmm. when he said that a life is the interruption of pleasant non-existence. I don't, ex- <laughs> I don't exactly agree with him on that one. Uh, Alice Bailey said that the pursuit of an even tenor is not always the best course in a crisis. What do you think she meant by that? I think she was saying that to stay with the known and the familiar can be deadly to the life of the soul and so many people are absolutely intent on preserving that familiarity that calmness that harmony that equilibrium which can lead to a kind of a status quo without growth and so uh, having a a smooth sailing through life might be a lifetime that hasn't really been uh, tested or productive in terms of expanded understanding it might from the soul's viewpoint, be a failure, in fact. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, I agree with that. So, mm. yeah. yeah, well, 
I remember a friend of mine who left Harvard Law School and uh, was about to be um, make a million dollars a year who decided that instead he was going to take a job in the Caribbean, so he spent the rest of his <laughs> life just basking in the sun. So to the soul, that was it must have been a failure of a life. That's about all the time we have for our discussion today. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love, within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?